Welcome back to the How to Ruin a Good Walk podcast, episode four. We have got a treat for you today. We've got Chopper of the Week, which is one that I fully instigated, and apologies, Joe, if you are listening to this. We're going to talk about some really nice stories and tour trash talk. Who will be the next person to win the Grand Slam? Will it be Rory? Will it be Mickelson? Will it be Kepka? Or will it be Spieth? As well as talking about last week, Camila Vijegas actually finishing tied six, but what a story this is on his return back to the PGA Tour. As you know, we've then got What's Your Beef and new clubs and clutter to the market. I say clutter. We've got a trolley band dabbling with a rangefinder. Well, we'll explore that later on. But let's start with Chop of the Week. We were both privy to this and we actually have a video of this as well which we'll be able to put on social media but it involves our good friend joe so bit of background joe hasn't been playing golf that long and well since lockdown really so alex threw him under the bus and we took him out on the course, no, no, no. up at Mottram. Yeah, you did. You I didn't throw him under the bus. I was, I was being a supportive friend. I thought, you know what, mate? It's quiet today. We'll get two buggies and we'll, we'll go out and play. We'll go out and play. A little bit of background to this. It was absolutely leathering it down. Yeah. Like, to the point where I was in one buggy and I've, like, got the brolly through the side of the buggy, like, <laughs> trying to, like, stay dry. It was horrendous. We, we'd loaned him, well, I've given Joe my old clubs, so he's using them. He's got my a pair of my waterproofs on, all mismatched. Like, so you'll see that in the video. Um, we sort of did what we could, got him out on the course. But he actually started really well, didn't he? Oh, Par like, five first. And if anybody's played Mottram Hall, it is not the easiest tee shot. You've got like Bundai left, which is like lost ball and out of bounds right. Like, and then he like just slot one right down the middle. Yeah, I think he stuck it straight down the middle, maybe just right side of the fairway. And he hit a lovely second shot up and chipped on couple of putts comes off of the par and we were just sort of stood there like oh my god it's le- he's levering it down and he's just done that thinking bloody hell how the hell have how you done, he done this me and josh were basically both thinking this can't last yeah <laughs> <laughs> so we get on to the second similar i think he come off with a bogey yeah or I think he did. a double bogey something like that again not bad considering it's his first time on the golf course we then get to the third though and let's just describe the third it's a it's a tricky... It's not long, is it? It's, it's not long. It's a short par three, but you're over water. Yep. There's geese all over the place <laughs> at the time. Well, is it harder than the water, mate? Or Well, <laughs> it's it's just not a nice shot to play. And Joe stuck it left. So it's, there's a group in front of us on the green. So we had to wait a little bit. Yeah, which then, is never good, is it? Like when, you, when you've got a shot over water, the first time you play and you're thinking, buddy, I just want to get on the tee, get this over and done with as quick as I can. And then you wait there, bloody hell, waiting there, still on the green, We're still on the green. Waiting. And it's pissing down at this point yeah. still. And But then this group finish, but then there's a couple of them, that, oh, there's four of them playing, and we were playing reasonably quick because we had the buggies. And they stood and waited on the next tee, didn't they, or next to the next tee to let us through. So Joe hits this, like, hooky <laughs> tee shot over into that the tree. tree, into the trees. <laughs> And it lands just short of the water, like on to the left-hand side of the green. Near these people, we had to a bit, give it a four, give it one of them. And luckily, no one no one got hurt. But Joe's then got this... Me and Alex stick the ball on the green. Joe's then got this... I like how you just added that in there, mate. Yeah, got that in. Got <laughs> yeah, I still got in the green, you know. Uh, I'm a good golfer, me. 
But then Joe's got this horrible shot where he's about two yards short of the water. Makes it harder, though, because he, he's two, two yards short of the water. He's got to go over the thickest part of the water to a raised green off a downhill lie. And, you, you know, like, at this time of year, it was a bit like the grass wasn't great. It was a bit wet, a bit sloppy. It just stinks of duffing it. Just absolutely stinks of duffing it. But what didn't help <laughs> was our good friend Alex here. He stood next to Joe with his phone out. I think it's worth me doing the commentary right now. Go on, then. Okay, so you've got to imagine, right, Joe's about to hit this chip, and I've got my camera out, obviously, thinking I've got a perfect Instagram opportunity here. I basically know he's going to absolutely mess up. This is ending up in the water 100%. Sorry, Joe. I, I, I just stunk of it. So I'm there with the phone out, and I go, Joe, what don't you want to think about here? And he goes, water. You're horrible, mate. <laughs> Where do you want to put the ball? On the green. Where don't you want to put the ball? In the water. You're, you're horrible, mate. <laughs> so Joe then proceeds to just absolutely knife this ball into the reeds in front of him, and he just goes straight into the water. Obviously, Kinder's then pissing himself, I'm then pissing myself, and Joe's looking at me like, that better not go anywhere. I was like, mate. That... It's already on Instagram. <laughs> it's already on Instagram. Instagram story, straight up, with an absolute laughing emoji. The amount of people I got messages back from that was... It was funny, but we will show you the full video. We'll, we'll put we'll it on put Instagram. We'll put the video on the Instagram, yeah. But it was Joe. Joe Mesh was saying, "Get it on, get this on Chuffle of the Week because it deserves to be on there." And you're right, Joe. It does deserve to be on there. But in all seriousness, and all credit to you, Joe, I'm going to blame Alex for it. No, 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 no. Who no, hit the shot? No, Did I hit the no, shot? You didn't hit the shot. Oh, so, so you're there helping. You're our PGA pro friend who helps us with our golf. Not that, mate. And what were you doing? You were not helping. I was thinking for a great opportunity to get some absolutely <laughs> laughable content. Tell, tell he's big on social media. <laughs> got to get, got to get the content. Got to get so, the content. Okay, if you're blaming me for Joe, you're letting Carl blame you for you messing him up. No, it's Carl's fault. Same thing, mate. You you literally talked him out of it. No, but you. Oh come on, mate! You got to hurry up. You, you got to get home. Like got... you were going to help him. Like yeah, I'll take a video of your swing. I'll help you. Actually, what you're not going to nah. do, Joe? What you're not going to do, Joe? What you're not going to do, Joe? You're in his head. Rent free there. Rent free. <laughs> I never said I was going to help him on that ship shot. It was all to do with a bit of comedy gold. Thinking for you being framed with the golf world, that's what I was thinking. Well, I, I, I am going to back you, Joe. I think it's very harsh, and I'd have done the same thing. In fact, yeah, I know you would have. You've got I've a video, done mate. the same thing. You'd have done the same thing and got a video. No, 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 no. In Joe's position, probably a couple of weeks after Joe did it, I went and played up at Rudding Park in Harrogate. Lovely course, really nice. I think it's the fourth hole is a very short. I don't think I played there. Oh, it's lovely, mate. Very, very short par three. And like the similar situation, like the water is directly in front of you. Not like at Mottram where you've got to hit it a bit, then over the water, and then you're on the green. It's like directly in front of you, the tee box. And I've been playing steady the first couple of holes. I played really well. Um, playing with a good friend of mine, Ollie, and I just done the tee, and I've done the same thing in my head. No one said anything. And I've just gone, just don't put it in the water. Just don't put it in the water. Just don't put it in the water, and it just it didn't get anywhere near the green. It was like halfway into the water. Like so, I'm talking like Rory on the 16th at the Masters. So you were rent free in your own head. I was rent free in my own head. But then the next shot, I stuck it about five foot, five foot to the hole. So I think, we, I think we need to clarify him. What? But you actually stuck it five foot from the hole. I did. All the old backed me up. The second, my third shot onto that green was unbelievable. Fair play, fair play. But like, I actually think well, I actually can. I got sort of got my own back on my own self. We went and played um, Carden Park, 
like three weeks after that. No, 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 sorry, two months, probably three months after that. Yeah. And we stayed over. Uh, and the 16th there is like this tiny little par three. It literally, you could probably throw it on. It's just, and the two other tee was, it's really short. I'm like, right, this flag's tight to the water. It was me and Carl versus Sam and Josh. And we're like, right, I've got, I've got to get this close. We've got to beat them. We were a couple behind. I can only go and freaking put it in the bloody water. Um, I was fuming. Oh, big like wounded pigeon. Oh my god! Pitching wedge hook. It wasn't. <laughs> I've never hooked a pitching wedge in my life. But you did that day. Pull, pulled it, mate. Pulled difference. It. Right. Okay. Absolute okay. loads of difference in that. But I, 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 it's so hard once you when someone gets in your head or you get in your own head. It is like no. Yeah. It, look, I think everyone can relate to this. I think everyone's been 100%. in that position. Every club golfer. I think I get. I guess a lot of people in your position as a PGA pro been in that position where you can get in your own head, people get in your head and it's just not a nice place to be and then you stick it in the water and not only have you got to drop another shot but you've lost £2.50 in a ball and... That's what you're thinking, isn't it? Yeah, that's all I'm thinking, mate. <laughs> For God's sake, that's oh, £2.50! Instead of that first at Northern and a slice in the water, two fifty gone, damn it! That's exactly what I think. This ball uses expensive gold balls, as you can see. <laughs> got to use the Bridgestones. Represent. <laughs> if you want to send me any balls. Uh... He's begging again, isn't he? Absolutely <laughs> begging again. Right, well, that does it for this week's Chuff of the Week. Well done, Joe. You've won this week. See you, mate. I actually made you get on the podcast. If it Without me talking or without me doing anything, it wouldn't have been here. But, guys, if you want to see that video, head over to our Instagram. Is it at How to Ruin a Good Walk? It is indeed. Head over there and the video will be up. We'll put it up on Wednesday when this goes out. Yeah, we'll put it up Wednesday morning with that video. It is an absolute... Yeah, well, fantastic. Just, it is just, fantastic. Just check it, out. It, it does make me seem a little bit mean, I'm not going to lie. It is very harsh, mate. Very, very harsh. But it's up there, guys. So now let's move on to Tour Trash Talk. So let's start with the RSM Classic that was the event on the PJ Tour this week, following on from the Masters last week. First thing I want to say about this... Is it like following on from the Masters can't be a nice place to be as a to- as a tournament itself? No, like you you got to think most of your big guns won't be playing in it. No, I mean there was don't get me wrong, there was a few big names there like Till Hatton played, Jason Day played, Sung J M. God got that right. Got it out. He actually missed the cut. I'm not surprised. He's played every single event this year. This is the thing. You can't can't expect to be up there all the time, but. It's got to be a bit of a. I bet when I bet when the Masters got rearranged, they were like, oh, yeah, so annoyed because they maybe would have got more of the bigger names. They didn't run that. There was like but, Zach Johnsons were there and still, but but the other thing on on the other kind of flip side of the coin here is you might get a, a lot more of like the European players who play in the Masters, who come over here for like four or five weeks. Go right, okay, I'm going to play two weeks before. I'm going to play the Masters. I'm going to play the RSM Classic afterwards and then I'm probably going to go home for Christmas. Yeah, like stay in, stay on and yeah, play. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I guess that's good. And just moving on to the winner there, Robert Streb. He won in a playoff with Kevin Kisner. And to be fair, looking at his rounds from the week, he had an unbelievable week. So he had a... Round one was a 65. Round two was a 63. Round three was a 67. And round four was a 68. And he is now the first two-time winner. He won it back in 2014 as well. So he's the first person to win that, that competition twice. You know what rounds. I find crazy on that, right? You know, when you're obviously playing on a weekend and you have like, you, you do base your wins on like net scores at your golf club. Yeah. 
to go, imagine you played four weekends on the trot and you went net 65, net 63, net 67, net 68. That would be unbelievable golf. These guys are going around like 7,000 plus yard golf courses and doing that gross. It's just ridiculous. But this, here's the thing with this, right? Is anyone complaining at him getting them scores? No, but if it was if it was Bryson, mate, don't start your Bryson you know fan I'm, club I'm, again. I'm, I'm not. I'm not going to start. The you fan are club. starting I'm, the fan club. I'm here. just saying. I'm <laughs> this just is saying. clearly a fan club proceeding. <laughs> I'm just saying. It's it's not. We might as well just change the name of the podcast, mate. Yeah, Bryson fan club. <laughs> I was going. I was going to say something else, then, but it's gone. He's absolutely bottled it. Um, but yeah, like that's that's my point. My point is. What what's the issue? This guy's shooting sixty three in his second round. That's unbelievable. It's amazing, I, I, and I think it's great. I'd love to see it. But why is it an issue for others to do it? I'm not going to say his name again. But why is it an issue? That's all I'm going to say. PJ Tour, stop picking on him. You know what? Uh, just the last thing I'll say on this is because he's not traditional. Yeah, hundred percent. So. Golf is based on traditions. Golf people love tradition in golf, and I think that is changing. But it's it goes back to that thing of it's not what we want to see as in in terms of like the purest of the game but pure, surely the purest of the game should be looking at going like this is just pure golf no yeah. pic as they would also say there's no pictures on the scorecards no exactly exactly but Robert Shrever had a great weekend um, and fair use and win it twice now so that's a nice uh, little accolade nice achievement to have isn't it be the only person to win, it, win something a nice twice. little paycheck oh, absolutely absolutely and a nice story as well came from Camilo Vijaygas, didn't it? I'm, you've gone in for that full, haven't you? You've, you've fully committed to that name. I've committed to it. I've got it right. Yeah, there, you, got, I? You're right you got it right. Get it. So, um, basically, um, sad story. I think his daughter died in June of this year. July. July. Yeah. Um, she's had brain tumours and, and... She was only young. She was like yeah. a 22-month-old. So it was very, very sad. And but this is a nice little... Yeah, this is, this, I guess there's a silver lining to this. Um... Not that golf is anything to kind of replace his daughter. We're not saying that. Um, he, this is a quote on what he put out there. So on the Thursday, he was saying, um, did an interview, and, and apparently his daughter, Mia, she was called, love rainbows. Um, so he's there on the range, Thursday morning, warming up. Now, the last thing you want to do before going out and playing golf is probably get reminded of something that's quite sad, isn't it? Yeah, and it was a bit of a horrible day, apparently. Yeah. Windy, rainy, not the nicest. And um, this is his quote. He said, I got on the range, and I see a little rainbow out there. I start thinking about Mia, and I said, hey, let's have a good one. He then proceeded to go out and shoot a 64, to which he tied the lead with Matt Wallace. Yeah, tied the lead after the first day, and he finished tied six. Now, I don't know about you, but that gives me goosebumps. Yeah, 100%. Right? Why do you think that is? Because you, you, you sometimes, there's, there's, there's things, and I can sort of remember certain things when I've hold a putt and you've thought about stuff, and not that I played on his level. But, like, I don't get, sometimes you just, like, he probably had that feeling he knew he was going to have a good round because of that. Oh, 100%. Like, I bet you've had the feeling, nothing the same as that, but you've stood over a putt and you've gone, oh, this is going in this. And you know you can make any stroke in the world and it goes in. Yeah, and he's he's like, it's sort of like that moment where he, especially if he's, I don't know if he's religious, but it's almost like a, right, she's here with me kind of thing. And, yeah. And he's it's obviously just put him on, started him on the right foot and... Where it could send you the other way. 100%, it could just send you to not, not play well at all, be not focused and... And another nice thing on that story, he was wearing um, a little rainbow, uh, what do you call it, a reef, Josh? Is it a reef? It's like a, a badge, I guess. Badge, yeah. And I think quite a few of the other players are wearing it as well, which is a really, really, really nice touch. And I think this is I think this is his first event back, um, and to finish tied sixth is unbelievable. Oh, unbelievable. To finish tied sixth anyway, 
regardless of anything, is an unbelievable result first event back. Like, for me, the Jagers, I remember um, going probably back when I was a junior golfer, so 10 years ago, this guy was like, cool. He used to do this little, like, I'm not saying he's not cool now, <laughs> used to do this thing where he'd look at a putt, he'd almost get on all fours. Have you like, seen it? Like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, like almost, in a press-up position. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. almost like a, I guess like a cheetah stalking its prey. Like, he'd be dead low, looking at the ball, trying to find out which way. And that's what I remember is I'm this flashy kind of person. I also remember watching, I used to watch this show religiously, Inside the PGA Tour. It was on. You absolute golf nerd. Sure, mate. It's probably <laughs> one of the best things. So it was like, basically like, it took a person each week and it shows you inside the ropes from the following week. As on like a Wednesday. And this week, whatever week it was, it was on with Camila Vajegas. At that time, he was living in Florida. He had this thing set up uh, on his back patio from inside the house or outside the house, wherever he wanted to have it, where he could smash balls into the sea. That's unbelievable. It's class, that, isn't it? That oh, is proper I'll class. I'll do the mate. <laughs> but that is... But, and I remember, I don't, I don't know if I've got this right. This might be... Probably not, mate. Wrong, but... Wasn't there a claim that he was the longest on tour at one point? Well, I, I, that, I, I, the Callaway advert, wasn't it? I think that was the Moller driver. Uh, I think you get a, I think you get him mixed up between Kieros, mate. No, that's, oh, awkward. that's awkward, isn't it? Because <laughs> he was one of the longest on tour, Kieros. I'm sure. I'm sure. No, well, I'm. I'm going to backtrack on that one. I, I, I would definitely backtrack on that one. Um, right then, we'll be one hundred percent backtrack on to mate. next week event then. Um, the PJ, Swiftly, the, yeah, the PJ Tour. I've got the. This is another mouthful for me to pronounce. One, the, two, three. The Mayakoba <laughs> Golf Classic. Mayakoba. Mayakoba. There we go. Cheers, mate. Golf Classic presented by Unifin, and DJ has committed to it. I see. DJ's committed to it according to. According by the way, to the did you PJ see that Tour. he was uh, straight to the Bahamas or something? Oh, straight, straight somewhere. Uh, Absolutely living the dream. Counting his money. I'd wear that green jacket on the beach. <laughs> <laughs> right, I'm not getting burned today, guys. Give me my green jacket. You know what, though? I don't. I think the winner is the only person that can take their green jacket away for that year. Oh, really? Why does it have to stay there? I think so, yeah. I think it stays in your locker. I think when you win, you get a locker. Please correct me, guys, if I'm wrong on this. I think when you win, you get a locker and your jacket stays there for you to wear every single time. Speaking of correcting you, I uh, got a message, message uh, uh, here we go. yesterday. From one of our listeners saying that Alex made a mistake last week in the podcast. So I do apologize on Alex's behalf. Um, <laughs> but basically, Alex said that if Tiger would have won the Masters again, he'd have, the winner before him would have presented him with the jacket. Actually, you're wrong, mate. Apparently, the chairman would have presented it. So I do apologize and I'll make sure that he gets, gets his facts right going forward. Um, so let's move on. Who... Wait, wait, wait. Can we just discuss <laughs> the fact that DJ's playing his event back and he's won there before? Oh, has he? So he's... I think he's. I think he has. Please double-check that, otherwise I'll just throw myself right under the bus. He's doing it again, eh? Let me have a look. He has committed, but I don't see where it says that he's won it. Uh, no, ignore me, guys. It's not. He's not won it. It's not loading. Anyway, the fact that he's committed to an event after playing the Masters, he's got to be one of the favourites, right? I mean, he's going to be confidence sky high. Like, what more could he could he want? Like, he's he's going into a, into an event there, and he's got to stand that first tee, thinking I'm going to I'm going to walk. This. Oh, I don't think. Do you know what? Do you, just on this note, and I, I forgot to mention it last week. I I didn't realise how emotional like he was going to get. Oh. Unbelievable. After winning the Masters, like, 
someone who seems so like not cold but like you, like you always see him so focused yeah. yeah and he just there was i seen that interview that he did on american tv and he couldn't he just couldn't talk like he's done the green on, on the 18th and he just couldn't speak and i think i don't think anyone was expecting it no, like he I, even said I it, said it to himself like he even said while i was out there like I, I just cannot control my emotions like, i don't know what's going on i'm not used to this blah blah, blah. and just to correct you he's never played in that event so it's his first time in the event, but I agree with what you're saying. He is gonna. <laughs> That's the main throw him under the bus. <laughs> <laughs> he's. I think he's got to stand on that first tee and and be like, confident sky high, and he's gonna be the man to beat. Hundred percent, hundred percent, especially um, coming off that win. Unless he's enjoyed his week in the Bahamas too much. And f- if he has, <laughs> fair, fair play to him. <laughs> Absolutely fair play to him. But this this leads us on actually to the who he's going to be the next to win the career Grand Slam because. I mean, even though he's got two events to win, he's got to be up there. Oh, 100%. Because DJ has now won the US PGA. He needs them. Oh, no. Oh, so he needs them. Yeah. So he's won the Masters and he's won the US Open. So he needs the US PGA and the Open. That's what he needs. Um, and then, like, as much as... So there's, there's other people on the list that we've got here, including Rory, including Phil Mickelson and Jordan Spieth, who only have one event to win. But the way that he is playing, if he can carry that into next year... You know what's mad? That Jordan Spieth needs one event to win the Grand Slam. I think at the one time, he could have held them all like Tiger did in in one go. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think he, him, I think him and Rory, you've got to say, out of, out of the list we've got Do here... Do you know what? I'd even say, even like you said before, because even though DJ's got two that he needs to win, I'd say DJ is the favourite to do this. Yeah, because if he can carry the form that he's got now and the, the way he's played this year into next year, there's no reason why he can't do it. But you've got Jordan and Roy that just need one. And do you know what, so let, let's just go through this. So Rory, he just needs the Masters, as we all know. It gets to that event every single year. He last won a major championship in 2014 yeah. where he won the Open and the USPGA. Like, that is crazy. 2014, that is six, nearly seven, it'll be seven years seven since years, and when we go back to the next major. Yeah, and uh, this is this is why I think he's got to be up there as with DJ is he only needs to win in April to do it. But it's just whether he can sort that first round out. I think I think it, there being a less distance and less amount of time between the Masters this year will help him. Because, why? Because he's, he's shown himself that in November, two weeks ago, he could could play like he played in those last three rounds. All he needs to do is sort that first round out. But so it's not he, as easy as sorting that no, first round. No, it's not that easy. But, but, All right, Rose, lad, just sort that first round out. You've got to cover, mate. But what I'm saying is it's not like he's got another year. No, that's like procrastinate you know I mean? over to it. To think and... about it, he's got six months, he's got to play some decent golf and he's just got to go at it again. And I think that could play into his hands. So I think he's going to be up there as my favourite to do it. Okay. But I think... This thing's another bet, by the way. I, I, I think you can't look past DJ. I think if he wins the USPJ next year and can do the Open as well, that'd be unbelievable. And then I think, other than the US Open, he'd have all three, wouldn't he? Then, well, but then it's a bit of a tri- tricky four. one because if he this four, Kogan Slam is four. Yeah, I know, but he'd have all three. Oh, he'd in, hold yeah, all he'd three. hold all three. And if he could win the Masters again, <laughs> but the thing is though, he, he's that much of a cool customer. Now he's won there. Yeah. You, you wouldn't, you wouldn't put that past him. No, you wouldn't at all. And I think, I think the only one where he may struggle would be the Open, like just because of a, the weather's horrendous. It can normally. be, yeah. 
it's a it'd be a very very tricky golf course normally on a, on a links course so it's different it's not like like that's why yeah, like, the likes of bryson will struggle there as well because you can't just leverage i i i think like the reason like you look at obviously the courses that uh like johnson like for example the masters it's very american isn't it yeah like In, parkland course yeah. like big greens and slopes and and very kind of like target golf but whereas with like the open you're looking at more of a links course that is going to test you in different ways and it's whether they can deal with that i mean obviously don't get me wrong the guy's an unbelievable golfer and i think he will be able to deal with it but i think that will be the test for him the uspga he just needs to turn up ready to ready to play and just like because it's just another similar situation as the masters or the us open whereas i think the open is going to be the tricky one and then, but then the one, the one got... that gets me is is Phil Mickelson. Yeah. Last won a major in 2013, right? This is a guy. I don't. I ju- it's sort of got to that bit now where, like, Rory at the minute, people every time he gets to the Masters, it's like, oh, will he do it? Will he do it? Will he do it? I think it's sort of gone past that for yeah. Mickelson. Like people are a bit like, ah, oh, you you're a bit past it now. Like, so like, forget about him. Like, yeah, but like, what what a sad story that would be. The fact that he wouldn't win a career Grand Slam. After how good his career has been, do you know? I think it's something like it's crazy how many times he's finished second. You know, yeah, he finished second twice. What? Is... Yeah, yeah, at the, the US Open, he's missed out so close twice, and I think maybe even more than that, he's finished in the top ten. Yeah, and it when when I when we were going through this and and putting this together, I was shocked that he hadn't done won it. that. Yeah, yeah, like he done he done the hard bit. He won the Masters. He won the the Open, which you you would argue with the hardest two to win and then with the the US Open I, was, I just sort of thought it'd be a given yeah it, 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 it'll have won that it'll have won that and then when he hadn't done it like you said now it's sort of like is he ever going to do it like this sounds bad but he's going to be on seniors I'm sure he's playing well, senior no, events uh, as, anyway now he is he's doing part and part so but he's got to be thinking I've got probably five more goes max yeah, of yeah. having a, a good go at winning the US Open and I think I, he deserves he deserves to win. Oh, hundred oh, percent. Three masters. Do you reckon? Here's a question for you. Do you reckon he would swap one of their masters to win the US Open? Do you reckon he would? Do you reckon he'd give away a green jacket? I think he would. I think he'd want to win the Just career grand slam because you get into the realms of Tiger Woods, Bobby Jones, um, Jack Nicklaus. You get into that realm of like ultimate golfers. Golf. Ooh. Like golfing gods. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> is, yeah. yeah ex- exactly that. Exactly that. Like, I, I if I was him, out, I, I would. Yeah. You've already, you've, you've already won it. You've so already, not yeah. like, you're not like you're losing one, is it? No. You, In you, a sense of you're not, not yeah. forgiving that to get that. And then the other name we got there is Brooks Kepka. He just needs two. He needs the Masters and the Open. But again, these are probably the two hardest. Yeah, you know what? I, I, I would actually say so. You got Rory Mickelson that needs one each, and and Spieth that need one. Yep. I would literally say I fancy Kepka and, and Johnson over any of them. Really? Yeah, 100%. I mean, I could understand over Mickelson. Kepka's a lot younger. Yeah. Dustin Johnson is just looking cool as a cucumber. I would say I, I would definitely have my money on them more than Rory to win Masters or Mickelson to win the US Open or Speed to win the, U, the USPJ. My man let me down. You just need to get that bloody putter sorted. <laughs> Speaking of putters, we've got a preview of one. Maybe you should look at that, Jordan. But okay then, right. So let's let's end this little section. You've got to put your hat on one name. Okay. You you got to put. We're not gonna put a bet on because we'll we see how. No, that turned out last time for you, don't we? Yeah, I lost it. So I'll let you off this time. But you're gonna put your hat on one name. Who's gonna do it? 
Oh, you put me on the spot here. I'm looking at the piece of paper here, thinking. I'll go first then. Okay. I'm gonna. I'm gonna back. I'm gonna back Rory to win the Masters in April. Oh yeah. Yeah. You weighed it here first. If you're that strong, you should put a five on it now. Not with me. Maybe I will. Maybe you will. Maybe I won't. (laughs) I'm gonna go to complete the career Grand Slam first out of Rory, Mickelson, Kapka, Spieth, and Johnson. I am gonna go with. Kepka. I wasn't expecting that. Yeah, I'm going to go Kepka. Well, that's taken me back a bit. I thought you were going to go deep. Because you've got to think the Masters comes first before any of the next majors, so he can complete that. So if he wins the Masters, he just needs the Open. He only needs the Open, which will then come up next. So you think about what Ah. this would come after it. Ah, Ah, yeah, so. Boom, yeah! (laughs) That's going to hurt your ears. I apologise. So, yeah. That's a good point. I didn't look at it like that. So Alex has looked at it in sort of chronological order there. Yeah, when the when he's the got the chance of doing it first. Yeah. Ah. But no, Rory's going to win the Masters in April, so it'll be, it won't matter then, will it? it? Won't matter either way. I just don't think Rory's going to win the Masters, mate. <laughs> I think he will, but I just don't see him doing it anytime soon. Mate, the way you played those last three rounds. Yeah, but you, do, you say that every year. Yeah, but <laughs> mate, look how. It's all right, mate. You get the rest round sorted according to Kinder. You're sorted, mate. It's easy, bro. Just don't think about it. Just, just, just play your game. Just tap it in. Just play your just game. Just tap yeah. it in. It's just all it. in the hips. It just seems mean, is it? It's all right, Rory. Don't worry about it. Just play your game, mate. Just, you imagine just think, that. You just do you, mate. <laughs> you just do you, mate. No, yeah, but imagine he comes off that first round with maybe a 70 I or still, a 69. I just still wouldn't be... Until he was walking down that final hole with a two-shot lead, I would not be comfortable that he would do it. You can do it, Rory. I believe in you. You said you said Bryson was going to win, mate. And what had happened to him? All it was is a bunch of memes going, uh, "Oh, hello, darkness, my <laughs> old friend." <laughs> but yeah, but no, Bryson might turn his game around. They'll have a new putter in the bag, won't he? That we'll talk about, and um, he might do it. But he's not going to win the Grand Slam. No, not yet. Okay, moving on to European Tour. Joe Berg Open was last week's event, and the winner. Um, JB Hansen shot, I mean, this is equally as good as what we saw on the Euro, uh, PJ Tour, 66, 68, 64, 67. Unreal. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Like, and he won by two. That's The fact that he's only won by two shots is impressive. But also, the fact that th- those rounds are just so, like, un- unbelievably good. Like, no, none of these golf courses are easy. No, and, and, like, and I've never actually been to this one that they play the Joe Berg Open, like how actually carried there. And the, the hard thing about it, when it's like, so when, when we were there, we were playing at the ball going like maybe 10% further because of altitude. But then when it gets really hot, it could go like 12% further. So like, how do you, how do you determine between 10 and 12? It is so hard to judge how far the ball's going, especially for these guys. Right, so as a caddy in that situation, we'll, we'll, we'll come back to Hanson in a minute. As a caddy in that situation, you're mm. talking about the heat. Like, I'm going to be completely honest with you, and with you guys as well. When I stand behind a golf ball, I don't think about how warm it is. I don't, but I, it makes a real difference. I think about the wind. I think about whether I'm hitting up or downhill. And then I'll think about, is the ball above my feet, below my feet, which way is it going to go? Mm-hmm. I'm not thinking, oh, it's 12%, it's, it's this art, so it's going to go 12% further. 
Like, okay, maybe we don't yeah, have but, that issue but in the but UK. Don't, but, but don't forget, well, we definitely have that issue in the UK. <laughs> but don't forget, they would have done their homework on the Monday, the Tuesday, and the Wednesday about when, what temperature, will it go a bit higher, will it go a bit further? They'll, they'll already have calibrated their game for that. And I tell you why, you think about this, right? When you're warmer, you can swing easier, your muscles are softer, you're not, you're not with loads of layers on. Also, if you think the ball is like a, a, like a rubber, rubber compound in the middle of it, Okay. You think of a bouncy ball, you warm a bouncy ball up. It's not a bouncy ball, by the way, but just the analogy. It will then bounce more. Right. So it'll obviously so it'll fly through. Yeah, yeah, ex- exactly. It makes a real difference about how far that ball goes, especially when you're hitting clubs that spin a lot for, or you're hitting something that like a, like a high clubhead speed, for example, the driver. The It makes a real difference. So another question and you'll have, that may sort of catch you off guard here. At what point... And what temperatures it have to be? Because we've had, don't we, we had a decent, reasonably hot sum, summer this year in yeah. the UK. So, at what point does it have to be? Are you talking twenty degrees? Are you talking no? I'm degrees? talking like talking... I, I would personally say, like I notice it when I play here in the summer in the UK. If it's like 25, 22 degrees, twenty three degrees, I notice the ball going considerably further. One because I've got I'm not stood there with fifty million layers on, but yeah, I and I, I wouldn't, I would. Do you know what? I'm a golfer that would go that club doesn't feel right. <laughs> I play golf kind of quite like feely. So I would stand over a shot and be like, mm, imagine it was 160 yards. Oh, seven iron feel right there. And if my brain was going me, no, seven iron don't feel right. I'd go eight iron. Sounds like you're guessing, mate. I'm not guessing, mate. It's educated <laughs> over a number of years. He's guessing. He's, he's definitely guessing. I would, no, my, my, my theory behind it is I'd rather stand and commit to a shot that I'm hitting a club that I feel comfortable on. I'd rather hit a good shot and end up in a bad place than hit a bad shot hitting a club that I don't really know if it's the right one. That's interesting. Yeah, because you, you if you hit a good shot and ends in a bad place, it doesn't matter, does it? You've hit a good shot. You've done what you wanted to do. Rather than stood over it going, oh, I don't know if it's that, I don't know if it's that, oh, I'll hit it anyway. <laughs> Shit. That's a, that's a very good point and I've hit many of them. It, and and when, we, when I was caddying for Tom, we would we would make like kind of a test and adjustments at the start of the week saying, right, okay, middle of the day now, let's have a guess. How, let's have, not a guess. Let's have a look how far this one's going to go. Right, okay, 160 yards, a little bit downwind, really hot, altitude, let's try 8-iron, let's try 9-iron. If it's short, if it's short, we'll, we'll measure how far that went. And it allowed us to calibrate within the round, because 9 times out of 10, if you play in the morning, you'll be finishing around lunchtime, or you'll be starting around lunchtime. Yeah. So you're going to have something in the heat of the day. Yeah. So it allowed us to calibrate around that, which is exactly what you've got to do. I mean, when you look at it like that, and from my perspective as a club golfer, that is really impressive how, like, there's a lot more goes into sort of caddying 100%. than just carrying a bag in hand and, and ch- well, ch- helping choose a club. Like, there's so much that goes into it. And I didn't realise that until we, you did it. Y- you know, like, I think it used to be like, oh, the caddy used to turn up drunk. Like, used to just sort of be like the bit of a roadie and be there and be just be just not not i'm not saying they weren't professional but it's definitely become a lot more of a profession now and you see a lot of these caddies now these young lads they are unbelievable golfers anyway yeah like yeah. jonathan smart caddy for danny willett when he won the masters like he's a he's a scratch to plus figures handicap golfer yeah like it's it most most of these guys it is a real profession now and it's the fact real that skill. those guys play golf to that level and are that good will obviously help them exactly. and their knowledge of the exactly. game. Exactly, like, you can get into the shot a little bit more. Imagine you had a caddy, no disrespect to caddies that are a high handicap, and over the years you'll be able to get into shots more, but I still don't think if you are a caddy who's got a higher handicap, you could stand there and go, oh, yeah, like, for example, I was like, Tom, yeah, you see, like, kind of a little bit of a lower one here, into the wind, buffer it on it, whatever it was. 
you can get into the shot a lot more. The more descriptive you are to your player, the more they're into like the shot. It is. It makes a real difference. It's like me caddying for you back in the day. Yeah, mate. Probably about a seven iron. There you go. <laughs> I used to hate though. In the uh, yeah, I think it'd be alright. I go Tim, think it's right. I don't know, mate. I think so. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> Line that pub. Yeah, it's a little bit off the left. Yeah. <laughs> he was literally just pleasing me. He was a yes man to anything 100%. I asked. Hundred percent. I was just there to cut the bag and make him smile <laughs> when he had a bad shot. And that happened a lot. <laughs> so. Next week on the European Tour, back to your favourite oh, place no. in South Africa, mate. Back to our story from last week. I mean, this place, Alfred Dunhill at Leopard Creek. Just please, if you listen to this now and you're not driving your car and you're listening to this, go and put this into Google. Alfred Dunhill, Leopard Creek. This golf course is a joke. Yeah, it looks unreal. Mate, honestly, it is unbelievable how good this golf course is. I'm going to let you say whose last year's winner was. I'm not going to try that one. He was like, we're writing the notes down. Josh was like, oh, how do you spell it? I said, mate, I'm going to spell it out to you. You're not even going to be able to pronounce how you spell it. So he's telling me that, because I've told him Larathabal is spelled L-A-R-R-A-Z-A-B-A-L. He would have gone Larathabal. He'd gone Larazadabal. Proper mank. So <laughs> you definitely wouldn't pronounce that like that. Yeah, I'd have got that wrong. So last year's winner, Pablo Larathabal, uh, was the winner unbelievable golf course and an un- it's, oh, I think I remember watching it uh, wasn't the playoff he won one by, by two, was it two, one by two shots I think yeah he a lovely shot into the last so let me just describe the last hole it's a par five for these guys I've seen his video he's like yeah, it's a bit over the top, if yeah. I'm honest. But it's it's a, a par five, and for these guys, it's mostly reachable. It plays downhill. And the, again, the ball go quite a long way out there. Trouble is, for your second shot, you're hitting it over water to basically an island green, and the green's got like three different levels on, and it's quite it's quite it's not very deep in in in, yeah. in length. Um, so it's downhill lie. You can imagine hitting to a kind of a quite a shallow target. It's hard to get the ball to stop. So most people sort of lay up, but then it leaves you a stinking pitch shot. And you've seen people spin it in, you've seen people go long, and it's really hard to gauge. So Pablo Arthur hits this wedge shot on, and he's there like smacking his like, chest, going, yeah, yeah with sunglasses like, on, and thinking, his oh. chest, yeah. and they're watching it going, oh, a little bit awkward, I don't want to watch it. <laughs> so, but there's some, and like, well, big names playing, Brandon Grace, Justin Harding, big South African yeah. players. And yeah. Is it, so is this like a, their for, from a South African's point of view, this is the event they want to play in. Uh, I guess the South African Open would probably be the the, the bigger one, yeah, potentially, because uh, you usually get more crowds there because it's usually around a more populated area. Whereas you find with Leopard Creek, because it is literally in the middle of nowhere, there's not that many crowds, but equally it's still a, a, a big event. That's something I was going to ask, actually. You mentioned the crowds there. When you're out on tour and you're playing in some of these far-out places... Mm. Because the golf that we see on telly tends to be like your majors. You've got yeah. loads of people there watching. What were the crowds like when you're out on tour? Is there, is there unless, a lot you're, there? unless you're in the final group or we're playing with like a local guy who's like a local hero, nobody's there. Really? Yeah, you have like a few people around the first tee, a few people around the 18th green, but pretty much 90% of the time you are on your own. <laughs> It's, it's mad that when you think about it. When you think about the golf that you see on telly and some of the events, like... You You're thinking at, of the Masters, mate, aren't you? Like, the fairways line. But you look at the Masters, you look at the Open, you look at the US Open, they're all big, massive events and you're loads of people there watching, the patrons at Augusta and all that. And, like, at one point, getting a ticket to the Masters is like a dead man's list. Mm. And, and then you look at these events, even, I imagine it's the same on the PGA Tour. There's just no one there. So they must make... The court, they must make a decent money 
amount of money from the TV because yeah. they c- they can't be getting it through tickets, as it were. That's exactly how they do it, and and a lot of the tickets are probably be like they, when in South Africa, a lot of them went to local schools and trying to encourage people to play golf. So probably a lot of them would have been for free. Yeah. Um, and it's it's done through sponsors basically. That's the people who put up the money to make the events happen. But I'll tell you, tell you one quick story here. I remember carrying for Tom. We played. Um, Two of the ones that were, were absolutely mint. So we played at uh, Nordia Masters in Sweden. Unbelievable place. One of my favourite places. And we were uh, in the final round with Peter Hansen. Now this guy's a Ryder Cup legend. Uh, and we were in the final, uh, second to last final group. And we played really well. We finished top 10. And Tom's first top 10 on tour. And we were playing with him. And the crowds were unbelievable. We must have had about two, 3,000 people around us the whole, the whole way around. Following, Follow, following Peter Hansen, yeah. <laughs> but we beat him. We beat him. That's that's amazing. Yeah, that. it was oh, it was so good. Like the buzz of when playing well, doing well, finishing top ten, and, and we were nearly finished top three. I think we missed out by top three by like one shot. As the caddy in that situation, obviously you're not playing the shots. Shit myself, mate. But yeah, that's what I was gonna say. <laughs> Did you feel that pressure as the caddy? Yeah, you do. And and the, the, what I'd say that the thing is like is it. It's when you're doing the yardage and you're like, shit, is my maths right? Is my maths right? Because it oh. can easily make a mistake. <laughs> you imagine, imagine giving the wrong oh, club God. in that situation, flying the green or whatever. No. Did that ever happen? No. I can tell you to this day, and Tom will back me up, that never happened. That's impressive, mate. I'd be all over the place, especially with my maths. I'd See what? My maths is pretty good. Ask me to spell something. I'm absolutely <laughs> finished. <laughs> uh, and then the second bit of that story was when we played the Irish Open. Uh, we played it when at Royal County Down, and it was when Rory was hosting it. Rory was there, and uh, that week um, Ricky Fowler was playing it. Hunter Mayhem was playing. It was massive, right? Yeah, it's we, yeah, big. It was big. We were sat on the Southern Range next to um, Angel Jimenez, <sighs> and it, it, honestly, like this range was just—I've never seen so many people. So. When you go to an event, you get driven in by courtesy cars. Usually it's sponsored by BMW, Mercedes, yeah. and you get picked up from your hotel, you organise it, they drive you down. So if you remember, we got picked up from the airport in this courtesy car. Um, and we Like were dr- chauffeur-driven? Yeah, chauffeur-driven. Decent. You think, um, and the caddy just, caddies aren't usually allowed in there, but because I was room with Tom, I was like, yeah. Big time. <laughs> Probably all the other caddies didn't like it. But anyway, we're driving into this event, and people are like, trying to look through the window. Obviously, because it's, obviously, they're thinking it's Rory. Yeah. It wasn't. It's not, it's Alex Elliott. No, it was Tom. <laughs> um, it it was it was the most bizarre people. I've never seen that many people on the golf course in my life. It was it was like living in this dream of like it's like I was gonna say the people were saying there was just as many people there than there is at an open championship. That's amazing. That. Honestly, it was unbelievable. I'd have been shaking like a proverbial dog. That was horrible, mate. That's the weirdest action he's just done here, by the way. Nah, I, couldn't, I couldn't deal with that pressure. I can't deal with hitting the ball off and see it normally with the vice captain. Never mind that. God. <laughs> and my final bit to the story. So imagine like the chipping green. It's like different levels. There's bunkers all over the place. And there's this one spot where there's like a 30-yard bunker shot to a raised bit of the green. Okay, so we're sharing this bunker with... Oh, I've forgotten his name now. This is a terrible... I've got him on Instagram. Let me find him now because it is, it is just a joke when I find him. Wait, so are you, are you talking about another player here? Yeah, talking about another player. Uh, this is the thing with that, with that, with situations like that where you've got players like that playing, that must be, even for Tom, 
it must have been like some experience to play alongside those guys in the same oh, tournament. Oh, mate, with those guys. like to be at a tournament where you're playing with what essentially is people you've watched on TV, people that have won major championships, people that are at the creme de la creme at the top of the game. It's, I don't know, it's it's class. It's yeah. absolutely class. So let me set the scene, right? We're on this chipping green. We're all the way around the chipping green. You've got like a crowd like fenced in. Right, so okay. there must have been like must have been like three or four deep the whole way around. So it's just watching you warm up. Just watching them warm up because obviously on 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 that range you've got Justin, uh, you've got Ricky, Ricky Fowler, Fowler, you've got Rory McIlroy, you've got all these top players. So we walk over to this chipping green and we're just about to start warming up. And I think I've nearly found this person's name. Let me just bear with me. It's it's definitely worth it because he's unbelievable at short game, and I'm really annoyed I can't think of his name off the top of my head. When I see it, it will come straight to me. Oh, the suspense. The suspense is really building. Oh, I'm really oh, he's, he's absolutely crumbled. Brett Rumford, I've got it. Absolutely got it. So Brett Rumford is in this bunker next to us. So imagine it's a 30-yard bunker shot, right? There's crowds all the way around. Me and Tom are just pitting like a 15-yard bunker shot onto the middle, middle of the green. Nice right. and safe. Yeah. No risk of knifing it. What's the hardest shot in golf, right? 30-yard bunker shot up a hill to a raised green. People behind you, all that would be going through my head is, don't knife it, don't knife yeah. it, don't knife it. And yeah. they'll probably fat it in front of me. Try it once, try it twice, and go, mm, you know what? Not for me, that. I'll leave this. Yeah. He's there, no joke, Brett Rumford, popping them onto the green, and again, and again, and again. And he is known as a, like a magician on tour in short game. That's unreal. And to be in that, he's not even started, but he's, he's almost like thinking about it it's almost like he's trying to put himself under that pressure because Probably. he knows that he's going to have whether he's playing whoever he's playing with there's going to be people watching him today and yeah. i guess if you're not used to that being on the european tour being on the pj tour and you're not used to that scenario of having people follow you around or having people watch your group things like that it could throw your game off so if he's putting himself in a situation where he's got to make the hardest possible shot and he's just popping him on the green he's getting in the right headspace i guess i think he's just showing off all that. <laughs> if, hey, if you've got it, why not? Stood in the bunker and everyone's going, let me show you, lads. <laughs> Trying to be King Dingaling, wasn't he? <laughs> okay, moving on to the final bit of tour trash talk. What are you doing, European tour? What are you doing? We're going to check out the schedule here, right? This is ridiculous. Yeah, they played South Africa last week. They're playing the Alfred Dunhill this week, then flying to Dubai, then flying back to South Africa to play the South African Open, then they're flying back to Dubai to play the DP World Final. And what are you doing? Think it, of the planet. This, well, and think of the planet and the players. It's not a short flight. No. It's an eight and a half hour flight between South Africa and Dubai. So we're flying from, probably fly from Joburg. It's eight and a half yeah. hours, or eight hours, 27 minutes. And to be precise. guarantee, right, this is what will happen. You'll have the people that have played last two weeks, they'll play this week, uh, and the week before, and the Alfred Dunhill, then go and play in Dubai, and they'll just take a week off, and they'll wait. If, if they're in DP World, they won't be flying back to South Africa. Probably, no. Yeah. If if you weren't in DP World, then you would go and play. So is that like one of the flagship tournaments, the DP World Tour? Yeah, it's the final one of the year. Like if ah, it's, right, okay. It's like so yeah. the majority of people are going to want to play in. That. Well, only if you qualify. I think it's top yeah. sixty play it. So did you play it? You no, we didn't unfortunately. No. Did you ever play in Dubai? No. Have you ever been to Dubai and played? Yeah, I, we we played and practiced at the Elves Club and played at Ras Al Khaimah, which is outside of Dubai, but never played on the big events in Dubai. No, it would have been would have been class, but again, there's no crowds. Yeah, but it, it's one of them, isn't it? Like you see all these videos 
I know obviously they don't, they don't do the night golf and stuff for the tour, but those Why not, courses look, well, exactly. They do on the ladies' tour. Yeah, I know. But those courses look unbelievable. And I'm quite jealous that you've been to play that there. Did you actually get to play or were you just carrying? No, no, we, we actually spent, played together. Spent, spent some time playing. It was it was class. Spent some time on the range at the Ells Club, which I think is like uh, the Harmon Golf Academy. It is, sure. honestly, like I, you could just spend all day. We literally spent all day there and we didn't feel like we spent all day there. That's class. It was unbelievable. That's so good. Right, let's move on to what's your beef. What is your beef? And remember, if you've any got any stories, I know obviously if you were listening in England right now, you can't play golf, so you probably got no what's your beef apart from the fact that you can't play golf. Um, but if you've ever got any stories, new or old, please fire them into how to in a good walk at gmail.com. We want to hear your beef. Absolutely. And we're going to start with are we going to get back on the golf course? I bloody hope so. I think a lot of, I, I mean, I know I have, I know uh, like a lot a lot of golfers are just waiting in anticipation for being told, yeah, we're good to go. And <laughs> put it this way, Sam that I play with at Normandon, is bu- I booked us on next Wednesday when we're meant to be out of lockdown. Is it, is it next Wednesday? The second, yeah, I'm sure it's next week. Sure, we've got a week, a week on Wednesday and we're, and we're t- technically out. But he's booked us on the Thursday, the Friday, and in the comp on the Saturday. You're, you're, you're getting in trouble with a lot today, aren't you? <laughs> well, I'm, no comment. Um, Was it will be absolutely fuming. Nah, she'll be all right. She'll be all right. He's going ready, everybody. But this is the thing. How, how are we going to get back out on the golf course? They just need to stay it now. See what, I'd have some right beef if we didn't. Because it's actually going to Parliament today, isn't it? To try and get on the golf course earlier. But that's ridiculous because they're just going to go. Oh, uh, we'll think about. It, we'll think about it. Oh wait, the lockdown's over. Yeah. So 100%. that's that's the most pointless exercise going. Unless they turn around and say, yeah, you're good to go from today, but it's not going to happen. No. Um. But I think I'm hoping from what I heard on the news last night, gyms and stuff like that are open, so there's going to be no reason why we can't play golf. If How- anything, it's the safest thing. We've spoke about this previously. It's the safest thing to do. How's your golf going to be, by the way? Well. Absolutely pure. If you've seen the video that we posted, <laughs> I've seen the video that we posted on Friday about our reviews um, and our review show, What's in the Bag Show, on YouTube on Alex's channel. Go and check that out. Go and check it out, definitely. But I was hitting it pure, mate. Yeah, but you're forgetting the, the Instagram video that I put, mate, where you decide to hit someone's alignment stick into over the back garden, next door's garden. How yeah. that even happened, I don't know. I hit it well, though. Hit the ball well, but the alignment <laughs> stick even better. <laughs> Um, and then, so I think that sort of sums that up. We're just all itching to get back out, aren't we? 100%. And especially, like, obviously, our people in Wales had that fire break where they couldn't play, but now they can play again. I think, am I right in saying that? I think so. Yeah. I think they're back um, and then in Scotland, they've been able to play the whole time, but just with certain restrictions, like we were saying. So our beef is, to the government, if we can't play golf, we're going to have some serious words. Oh, you're odd. You're odd, mate. <laughs> like they're going to listen to me. I know, yeah. <laughs> Because Boris definitely listens to this podcast, 100%. All right, Bojo. <laughs> um, and then the other beef that I really want to discuss, and this this really makes no sense to me at all, mm. is why the Ryder Cup made the decision that they did. So early as well. So early. Like, we've all, we, like if anything, and they should have just pushed it back like the Masters did. Yeah. And, and played it, because... It was meant to be the 25th to the 27th of September. And again, and I think at that time, I'm sure the US Open was not long after that or around that time. So there's no reason why I don't think they, they could have pushed it back. Like, 
have they missed an opportunity? Yeah, okay, they've they've pushed it back to next year, but I think again it was one of those things that everyone was looking forward to. And I think golf really really needed, but would it be the same about the fans? I my 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 kind of beef with this is that they'll probably say, oh yeah, got no fans or everyone's traveling everywhere. I'm sorry, half the pe- most of the people that are going to play the U.S. Open, the U.S. PGA, and the Masters will be the people that will be playing in the Ryder Cup. Correct. The majority of those people that will play all those big majors will be the players that will be playing in the Ryder Cup. Now, And it was over in America. It was maybe over in America. Yeah. It's not it's like it's over in Europe somewhere. And you know what? For people like Matt Wallace, who's had a great couple of years and probably going to be on the fringes or if not, would have got a pick for the Ryder Cup, right? Yeah. If he has a bit of an off patch now, he might not get it. How yeah. do you work out the points? Do you work out the points on when it should have been? Well, this is the, and I guess that's something that they'll have to discuss because it's not... It's not like, like you said, if, if you have like a, a, an amazing run mm. leading up to it, you've got the points, you're good to go, but then you tail off again come next year, you're going to be or even mega, like mega, mega, mega When fuming. you played well this year and you could have got a captain's pick or some yeah, like joke, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah like and, and something like that. I just, my thing with it is, right, one, you've got all the players that will play in the majors anyway. They've been they've been travelling and been taking the COVID tests and all this. Yeah, been in the bubbles and all yeah. that. Yeah, crowds, okay, well, the crowds are better when the, at the US Open. The crowds are better at the Masters. The crowds are better at the USPGA. The crowds are better at every single event. So surely you just cancel them all. Well, that's the thing. And, and they, they were like, oh, no, golf needs these other events. Golf needs these other events. I'm sorry, like... Golf wants the wants wants like the 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 Ryder Cup. The only thing I'm gonna let him off on, like, did you watch it when it was in Paris? I did. Like on that first tee. Yeah. Like. And you got them swinging. They're going. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> and you got people like going, come on. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's that's that, and that's the thing. That is part of the Ryder Cup. Hundred percent. Like the the Ian Poulter moments and making the put beat in his chest. You're not gonna get that without the crowd. It's not gonna be the same. No, I I I, I get it. But if you go on the same premise as every other event, why not play it? Yeah, I agree, and I think, I think it, it's it. They should have played it. I really think they should have just pushed it back. I just like, don't think around I, this time. There's no reason why they can't do I it. I might have shot myself in the foot. Here. I don't think where they were playing it, they could have probably pushed it back. Oh really? It's in Wisconsin. Yes. Is it pretty cold there in the winter? I have never been. I'm gonna. I, that's that's a very good point. Actually, thinking about it. Um, Maybe maybe that that came into it. Then they they didn't have the opportunity to push it back. Maybe September was their last chance to play it. And yeah, I think I think it probably is. So my point's completely no. That's not correct on that. Yeah, but, but surely just play it at that time anyway. Then well, this is the thing. They could have played it at that time. They did make the call very very early on not to do it. So okay, okay, here you go. I've got a question for you oh God. on the spot here. Based on okay, so who the, I won't say wildcard picks because we don't quite know what the standings are. Who would the two people you would definitely have in your team? Are you talking European or American? European. We don't care about American. Oh. Um, apologies to all American listeners out there. There are a few. No, I'm joking. So we I'm do apologize. care about them. <laughs> um, you well, Rory. Yeah. Instant. Okay, don't go. Don't go. Think outside the box a little bit. <laughs> think outside the box a little bit. Okay, I think. Well, well when you think of the Ryder Cup from a European standpoint, you think. Ian Poulter. Yeah. Got to be. Whether he's got the points. I think he will have the points to get in. I don't think he will have. Do you not? No. Fair enough. I think he's got to have a pick. He's got to be in there. Just because he brings that sort of fight. He's got that bit of... He's good for the dressing room, isn't he, as well? Yeah, he's good for the dressing room. But, but he's got that bit you of could fight. have him as a vice-captain. 
Yeah, but he won't play then, would he? No, but you could. Does, yeah, but does he have the same effect of like, like the whole miracle at Madonna and all that? He was like. There's gonna come a point though. There's gonna be. Winning. There's gonna become a point where that just. You can't. Yeah, you no, can't, you can't live off that. So. But I, I think he. I think for me, you asked my opinion. Here. Sorry, uh, yeah, I've just just <laughs> carry on. So I think for me, he'll be in there. I think Tyrrell Hatton. I think he'd have the point. I definitely think he'd have the points. But mm-hmm. he's the way he's played this year. He's been absolutely phenomenal. Really, yeah. really good. So who are you two again? Ian Paul and Tyrrell Hatton. Along, and then you'd have you Rory, Tommy Fleetwood, Molinari. He's got to be in there. I don't even know if he's played that much golf this year, but he'd have to be in there um, to just have that pairing again. Yeah. Fleetwood and Molinari was um, Mollywood. Mollywood, yeah. <laughs> Mollywood, cheers. Go on then, what your, your, who would you pick? I'd, I'd have to go for Matt Wallace. I think he he would be good for the, for, for the team. I think he's a fighter. I think he's more that kind of gutsy character, a bit like an Ian Poulter. Yeah. And uh, I'd have to go for Fleetwood. They would be my two that I would definitely want in there, especially after... Fleetwood last time so yeah there are my two quality right then that wraps up Watch Your Beef let's move on to Tech Talk first on this week's Tech Talk well let's tell you what we're going to talk about we're going to talk about Motocaddy bringing a rangefinder to the market doesn't sound right that to me doesn't sound right they bring trolleys don't they exactly uh, Cobra new putter and then a new golf ball which is exposing every other golf ball out on the market and I've seen a review on this where... I thought you were going to name it, though. I was not going to name it's it. It's just going to go against it. our channel. Do not worry about that, mate. I'm not going to name it. But I've seen a review where it claims that it goes straighter and all sorts. So we'll get on to that. But let's start with the Motocaddy laser rangefinder. This, to me... Cutting edge, apparently. Well, it's just... It, it, it sort of... Not stinks of desperation. That's the wrong, the wrong phrase. It stinks of like them dipping the toe into something else. Like why, why, why? Like there's so many uh, range finders, bushnells out on the market. Why would you? Why would they change and, and, and put another one into an already saturated market? The only thing I can think of, right? Well, think motor caddy and power caddy that are leading to trolleys in the market. Yeah, power caddy do this one where you've got a GPS built into the trolley. The only way I can think, and I might have given you the best idea you've ever had here, Motorcaddy. So I'm painting it right now. You can't have it. You've got to pay me for it. <laughs> that that laser will link up to your trolley. So you get a GPS on your trolley, and you get a more direct to where the flag is on your laser. Boom! That is a great idea. Oh, look at him. Look, you need a job there, mate. But they've said it's cutting-edge GPS. Yeah, so that's what we are. That's basically what you've just said. Yeah. They're claiming it's one of the best on the market. How they can claim it's one How of the best on the market? How can they commit Bushnell, which are renowned? I mean, people use it not just for golf Bushnell. Bushnell are used... Used in... I know one place they use on the railways. Just dobbed them in there, haven't you? Dobbed them in. <laughs> <laughs> they're used on the railways. Cheers, Sam. Uh, but that's the thing. that like they're, they're, It's not just a golf thing. So how can they claim it's one of the best on the market? I, yeah. I, sorry about that. Don't, they, don't, they don't claim that about the trolley. Do they not? I don't think so, no. No, you need to concentrate on what you're good at. Just saying. They're saying it's got accuracy to less than a yard. Now, does a club golfer need that? Definitely not. Well, I mean, no, definitely not. If your name's Josh Kindy, you don't, definitely. (laughs) (laughs) And this is the one that gets me, and this is just just ridiculous. Seven times magnification around a range of 1,000 
300 yards. For Bryson, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> for Bryson. Yeah. The, the guy that hits it longest on tour is at 400 yards being Bryson, right? On a good day. When it's I don't know why you need it that long. Not even, a go- not even a hole. Not even if you wanted to go, right, okay, let's have a fun. How long but, is the hole? Yeah. No hole is 1,000 yards long plus. But then here's the thing, though. Is that, this is just dawned on me, for a golfer, that is pointless. Mm-hmm. But is that opening it up to being used elsewhere? Wait, let's think about this, though. They're a golf brand who makes golf trolleys, and it's a golf GPS, it's called. I agree with you. I agree. 100%. But that... that you know, is it stinks of a bit of a leavener reef to me. Do you think? A leavener reef. Ours goes 1,299. Yeah, anything you can do, I can do better. Ours goes 1,300. Yeah, I think, and I think that's right. And it's also got here as well, pin locked on from 450 yards. Again... Who's hitting in, who's hitting four hundred and fifty yards into a green? No. I guess the only thing I'd say about that is you might wanna oh, yeah, no, I'm talking crap. Stop Alex. I no, don't know. But then they've also said it's got background filtration. So that that I actually think is a good thing because amount of times I've done it all the time and I know you've done it when you've carried for me. You've gone, Oh yeah, mate, the flag's hundred and seventy. I'm like, mate, you don't look hundred and seventy yards. Then I laser it, laser the trees, they're 170. Then you laser back to the flag, it's 140 yards. So if it's easier to lock onto a flag, which I know a lot of these other systems do, they have like Bushnell have it, Nikon have it, uh, a lot of them have it where it like vibrates, yeah. then that is a really, really good feature. And if you, it makes it even easier, yeah. then yeah, fair enough. You've really thrown me under the bus, don't you? 100%. Cheers, I can picture mate. the time right now. <laughs> but and I think, I mean, to me, I just don't see why, unless, unless, the price point is going to be cheaper, and they're they're offering it as like a cheaper option. But why why would you spend the same amount of money on one of them? Then you can't. But I can't see if you're listing all those features. How can it be cheaper? No, it can't. It can't, especially if you can see one thousand three hundred yards. I can see Josh. Oh no, no, we can see Carl taking a wee on the back of the tee, one thousand three hundred yards away. Oh, and the group behind him are on the green, ready to go. Cheers, Carl. Um, so, yeah, I just think that they're, they're obviously dipping the toe and trying to get a bigger market, I guess. But I guess they're turning into a golf brand, not just a golf yeah. trolley brand, which yeah. is fair enough. Which is fair enough. I guess they're trying to bring out more um, products and things the, like that. It's fair to do but I just can't see it competing. The, the only thing I'd say is, someone, like, I know golfers are like this, they like everything to be one brand, don't they? Like, the, the old brand snobbery. Brand snobbery. Yeah. Right, I've got a motor caddy trolley. I need a motor caddy bag. I need motor caddy head covers. I need a motor caddy towel. I need motor caddy accessories. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, how can I top this off? A motor caddy motor- rangefinder. Stinks of it. It does. It? And fair enough. Like, because we all do it. Like, if you've got, like, a tightless bag, you want a tightless clubs. If you've got a Cobra bag, you want probably want Cobra clubs. Like, it, it, you feel a lot more pro, don't you? You do. I know what you're saying. Not me, though. Shrixen bag rife clubs. Right mismatch. Right, right mismatch, mate. Right mismatch. But no, I think you're right with that. I think it's it, maybe that that's the, the route they're going to go down with it. So let's now move on to possibly some of the biggest news of the week from a tech point of view. Yeah. Cobra. And I think we, we mentioned this briefly last week about them bringing out putters, or we've mentioned it previously about them bringing out putters. They launched the King Supersport 35. I mean, some name. It's a, it's a strange name, isn't it? Very, very strange name. I don't think I like the name. I think it, it's a, Supersport sounds like it should be a driver. It sounds like it should be something that's really fast. But 
it's I mean I've seen it and it looks alright but it, it, is it gonna is it gonna are they gonna break the mold are they gonna do something different with what they're doing because obviously it's a 3D printed face on, on the putter okay mm. and it looks okay I mean to me it just looks like a, any other putter but I guess there's some technology behind it it's, it's got an oversized blade that's been created by HP and Paramatech which are the same people that look after Bryson, basically. Yeah. So it, it, what it sort of stinks of is a chance to get a, get a putter in Bryson's bag and but sell off the back of it. The thing is for that, uh, do people want to stand and put like Bryson? Because it looks a bit awkward, in, in, in my opinion. Yeah, but maybe they don't have to stand and put like him, but I guess it's having the same equipment as him. Maybe they think they're going to hit the ball further if they have the driver. Maybe yeah, and I guess... Do you know what I mean? Because he's a scientist, like he has the, the best... Of the best, go that very valid point. Yeah, but I mean, and, and it's just whether it's gonna be able to compete with the brands that have already been out there. Okay, Cobra, a massive golfing brand, huge. But is it gonna not be in able, the putting market though? That's the thing. Is it gonna be able to compete with the likes of Scotty Cameron, Odyssey, especially at the uh, price point? Like you're talking a big price point, three hundred forty nine quid. That that is the same price point as getting a Scotty Cameron, getting a Toulon design from Odyssey. Yeah. It's it, it it's big, big balls. Now, I know I've, I've, I have spoke to the guys at, at Cobra and Puma, drop that in there, pick the card up, Alex, before you say it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and there's only going to be a limited number of them. Yep. Um, and it, it also has the highest MOI possible. So MOI is called moment of inertia. So how much will that put ahead move on off-center hits? That so they're, 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 I can't get my words out. The least amount of movement means the more likely it's going to start where you want it to go. So higher MOI, more likely to get better roll, more forgiveness of off-center hits. Right, okay. See, I didn't know that. Every day is a school day. Every day is a school day. So, and because like you said, they're, so they're releasing the limited amount. So is it a bit of a test? Are they testing what? Because they're, they're due to launch two additional products next year. Now, does this stink of a driver face that is 3D printed? I don't think they'd, I don't think they'd be able to do it. Do you not think? I don't think why because you, you're hitting the ball a lot harder, aren't you? Yeah, of course, but I mean, it could be. I mean, they're bringing out the new driver. It was leaked. The yeah, the, I mean, it looks very similar to the the SZ. But different colorway. Different colorway. I'm assuming a little bit different technology. Yeah, and I think I think the embargo's lifted like middle of January on that, so we'll be able to give you a little bit more information on what actually that is. Like, yeah. no one knows the story behind it. No one knows kind of. What the selling points are, apart from that leak photo with the with the colorway, and that was yeah. only the bottom of the face anyway. Exactly, yeah, it was only it was only the bottom of the driver, wasn't it? And I mean, maybe because like you said, that price point is quite high. It's so. high for a putter. When you think you can pick up an Odyssey for 130 quid, yeah, some yeah, of them less, it. the white hot and 99 quid. Obviously, you you're in like I said before, you're in the market of Scotty Camerons, your two on designs. You're like the putters where. Well, you're A-grade putters, aren't you? You're top, yeah. top of the range. The, and, they're, and, and I know they're saying they're 3D design, but those putters, I think, are forged, I'm going to say, or, or de- definitely are, are very well made. <laughs> yeah, and, and this, is the, this is why it, it, to me, seems like a bit of a tester. Mm. They're testing the market, seeing where they need to be with it, and then maybe they'll come in next year with these two others putters that are a little bit cheaper. Because that's something that Cobra have done really well, Yeah, that's why opinion. I'm that's why I'm surprised at that price point. Yeah. Because they've done really well in being like lower in price compared to yeah. other brands, especially with the driver. Mm. Uh, we spoke about that obviously previously. Like they they've they've sort of smashed it in that 
department. Yeah. They've been really good, but this sort of has gone a bit the other way. So I guess we'll see, like, put it this way. This, I'm excited to actually have a go with it. I yeah, want to have a go with it. I'm excited to see what it's like, but f- at 350 quid. Would you buy it? Probably. Y- y- the crazy thing is, though. Probably not. The crazy thing is, what do you use more? Butter or drive? The amount of three puts I hit. <laughs> <laughs> Not a driver's you with wounded pigeons, mate. Wow. <laughs> uh, no, that's a very, very good point. And I guess, but then, but again, this is where it comes back to where I think they should have maybe come in a little bit cheaper in that people will look at that price point and go, if I'm going to spend that much money, I'll just buy a Scotty Cameron. If I'm going to spend that much money, I'll just buy, uh, like, it's more expensive than the Spider, than the TaylorMade Spider, like, which is like, one of the most used putters, I imagine. Like, look at look at the pros that use it. You've got yeah. Rory, I DJ, that, John Rahm. That putter comes out, everyone wants to buy it, and it's like two hundred fifty quid to get one now. I remember when DJ started using it and Jason Davis started using it. You could not get hold of one for love and money. Yeah, and that's why I think that price point may be a little risky. But if there's only a select of them, it's almost like a a one-off piece, isn't it? I guess so. For the it moment, like, anyway, like, sort yeah. of like a collection. Yeah, collection, like. be like the first one to have a three D design putter. Yeah. Which, no. interesting I'd be very interested to see what it's like and if we do get to use one maybe you'll still three put with that though it's harsh it's very very harsh <laughs> <laughs> but if we do get to use one then we'll let you guys know and I'm sure we'll do a review on it yeah. on the old be on the YouTube what's channel the bag show. that'll be on the what's in the bag show which is live every single Friday me and yours truly here to my left I realise we're sat on opposite sides I'm usually sat on the left you're usually sat on the right yeah de- the short one's normally on the left deck so um Anyway, moving on, the last thing on Tech Talk for the week is wow. fuming. The last thing on Tech Talk for the week is the new Wilson Staff model ball. I think let's just go straight for the jugular here. Um, we'll say it. Rick Shields did an awesome review on it, didn't he? He did a really good review on it, actually. Yeah, fair dues to him. Uh, on I've seen it on Facebook. And they brought two balls out. So it's the model, the staff model, and the model R. And there's a little, something a little bit different about the model R. So the model R isn't painted now it's weird like every single golf ball that i've ever used has had a like, like glossy finish on it yeah that white like, yeah got, it looks yeah. really nice it looks still pretty nice towards the end of the round it yeah. doesn't really fade it doesn't really get chipped whereas this this model r is basically what they're saying is when you paint a golf ball as all big ball manufacturers do it the paint isn't necessarily perfect so there's always going to be dimples that have less painting and dimples that have more painting because it's it's how it's hard to cover it mm. exactly. Okay, so what they're saying is that that can affect the way the ball flies. So say for example you is that why you hook it then? Is that why? Is that a dig at me? Is that <laughs> cheers, mate? Nice one, yeah. But <laughs> what they're saying is that the, 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 in essence that depending on the way that you put that ball on the tee and depending on the way that the ball's been painted could depend on the fly of the ball. So their idea with the Model R is it's not painted, so you don't have that effect. Yeah, and they're saying it will look like it goes a bit old through the round. Yeah. It will get scuff marks, but that doesn't affect performance. That's just like kind of aesthetics. And yeah. the reason why it's not painted is you don't, you, you just that paint kind of sh- doesn't show up and magnify those problems. But on, on his review, you've got all these gold boards under, like is it a, a UV, 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 light, UV light? light? Yeah. And you could see like on some well renowned gold balls like Callaway, Taylor May, Titleist, that he yeah. was it was all a bit off. Now one thing that gets me right, Wilson staff aren't really known for their gold balls. Okay? No. 
Titleist, number one ball in golf. Yeah. He's like, that's a good impression, that one. That was horrendous. <laughs> Why are they not doing that then? If this is so revolutionary, are the, is everybody else going to follow suit? This thing, are they ahead of the curve? And, and in essence, have they sort of smashed it in the sense of being the first to do this? But then the the thing, the other thing is maybe they're saying that the, it not being painted it, and the, the wear and tear on the ball that you will see isn't going to affect it. Is that going to be 100%? Because surely if you're getting more chips on the ball, it is going to affect... I don't know if it'll chip, but I think it'll discolour. Yeah, no, but you stick it in a bunker and the durability, like the paint offers another level, a layer of protection. I don't know, you know, because if I hit one in a bunker and I catch it a bit thin, happens very rarely, um, <laughs> it, it, it does it their mark up anyway. So, yeah, I suppose. I suppose. And may, maybe the what will sort of be the sort of or what we'll, we'll see in time will tell on this is if players on tour start to use it. Yeah. Because I guess that's sort of, from a club golfer point of view, you look at what what players are using, don't you? Like, Well, Craig Lee uh, said he used it, or one of the versions, the model. Um, but that's painted. Is that painted, that one? Yeah, yeah. So that'd be interesting. That if those guys start using start it, using then the model while it's it, not painted. It might, might, it might take off. You know the first person that I think might try something like this? I'm surprised Bryson's not been all over that. Because well, he puts his balls in Epsom salts to make sure the ones that are perfectly round. Really? Yeah. I you, didn't know that. You put it in Epsom salts. I think I'm right in saying this. If you put a ball that's not quite weighted, it'll kind of bob around a little bit. If it's perfectly weighted, it'll sit and half the ball will be in and out of the water. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yep. That's very interesting. But I think, I mean, if it works and and it's not just sort of a bit of a flash in the pan, gimmicky kind of thing... Then I think that Wilson have smashed it. Being it doesn't the first sound to do like it. gimmicky, does it though? It, it doesn't, doesn't sound. It doesn't. It sounds like like the method is in the madness in the sense of like you look at it from the outside and you look at it and what they've said is about the paint and it not being painted and how it affects the ball flight. There's no reason why it's not like why why it's it's gonna work. Like it's not gonna work. Do you know what I mean? I think we have to do a review on the golf course of this and, and play a few holes with it and see what what it what it goes like definitely and, and does it mark up what are the areas that it marks it up and, and see what happens and if anyone's going to mark it up it'll be me so it'll be alright with that one yeah we'll let you take this one mate <laughs> with, the, the, with the hooks into the trees and the things out of the bunkers it'll be sound poor ball hey hey, you got to review it properly you know what I mean yeah. That's all, all, all for the good of the show yeah I don't play golf like that I do it on, do it on purpose mate for the review you know what I'm saying <laughs> that toe of the gold club's never been used so much in his life <laughs> But no, I think, yeah, definitely. I think we need to get our hands on some of them and that'll be very, very interesting once we can eventually get back out on the golf course. Hopefully, that is next week. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Well, I think that all but wraps it up for this week, guys. So thank you very much. We've had loads of feedback. We want you to keep sending in your chops of the week to howtoruinagoodwalk at gmail.com. Same with Watch Your Beefs. But we really, really appreciate the support. We can't say it enough. So thank you very, very much. And... Any feedback as well, we much appreciate it. We are trying to make it this pod better and better and better. So hopefully, I've not laughed as much this time. I know, yeah. We, Alex got a bit of stick for his laughing last week. So. Apparently, it's really. So not only did you make a mistake, oh, don't. but you're laughing. Don't. It's not a bad thing. I'm sharing <laughs> joy throughout the whole world with my hyena laugh, mate. <laughs> Guys, thank you very much. I think that wraps it up. We'll see you next week. Don't forget to share it. <laughs>